there. Welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's interview guest is Chris Richards of the U.S. men's national team. We've had some great guests lately, including Chris Jones, Sarah Spain, and Jason Kreiss. I also encourage you to check out my podcast series, American Prodigy, The Freddie Adu Story. All eight episodes are out, and you can binge all of them to your heart's content. Now, here's my interview with Chris Richards. The U.S. men's national team meets Jamaica on Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2, Unimas, and Tudene. And our guest now is Chris Richards, the 20-year-old defender on loan from Bayern Munich to Hoffenheim. Chris, it's great to see you again. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is your second time being called into the senior national team. And, and when I watched this young U.S. team on video this week, training and interacting together, it seems like you guys really enjoy being around each other. Is that accurate? And, and how would you describe the mood in camp? Yeah, um, I definitely would say that's accurate. A lot of us are around the same age and the veterans, you know, they bring a good, uh, I guess they bring good authority to us younger guys and they kind of keep us grounded, but also they have this young energy to them as well. So it's been really good around camp um, getting to, you know, see some guys that I grew up playing with who finally made their way to the senior team and who are doing well at their clubs. And so it's uh, it's really fun. It's been really good here. Um, the team got another big boost recently when Eunice Musa of Valencia committed to playing for the U.S. over England. Uh, Sardinio Dest made his choice for the U.S. a little while back. What's your sense so far of, of Musa as a player and as a person? Yeah, Eunice, um, you know, on the field, you can tell he's really powerful, he's strong, fast, he's good technically. Um, you know, for someone who's only, I believe he's 18, he has a lot of soccer IQ that you can tell that he's been, you know, playing at a high level since a younger age. Um, you know, he's he's really great on the field, but he's just as good off the field. I mean, he's really he loves to smile. He loves to joke around. Um, you know, everybody has a good time with him. Last camp was his first camp and it was like he had been here since he was a youth international. So it was really good to to get to know him and to continue to get to know him. You've played more yourself as a center back in recent years than as a fullback, but you can do both. Where has Greg Burhalter had you so far this week in training, and what has he communicated to you about what he's looking for from you? Yeah, um, he's had me playing center back throughout the this camp. Um, yeah, the things he's communicated to me is that you know even though it's only my second camp, and you know, even though there's guys here who have who have plenty of caps who play in my position to, you know, just go out there and play with confidence and like, uh, you know, like I do with my club and just to show, to show not just the staff and the players, but to show everybody that I deserve to be here and that I should, you know, just always fight for my spot. With so many young Americans like you and others now playing in really good European clubs, I'm sure you understand why so many U.S. fans are really excited right now about the future. Are you as players equally excited about the future of this team? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, we have a lot of younger players playing in Europe now, and that's something that us Americans uh, as, a, you know, as a country have never really had before. And so I think that 
you know, if we continue to develop at our clubs like we have throughout these last few years, that hopefully in the future we can really do something collectively that, um, you know, will shock a lot of people around the world. With so many or with so few national team games in the past year due to the virus, what are some of the specific things on the field that still need to improve as you guys develop chemistry, playing together more in the next few months? I think, like you said, it's just kind of finding that chemistry because, um, you know, there's you see some players playing a, a certain way with their club and then you come a national team and you maybe have two days of training before a game like this camp. And, you know, it's it's kind of just figuring out how everybody plays and just finding out everybody's strengths and, you know, and not, I wouldn't say weaknesses, but things that they don't do so well and kind of just trying to put them in the best spots possible. But, um, you know, this camp, we had guys who had game on Sunday like me. So we came in Monday and we had to wait for a Corona test. So first training was Tuesday and our first game is Thursday. So it's kind of one of those things where you're trying to, to figure out how everybody plays within a day or two and just trying to, you know, to put it to work in the games. But I think once we get into maybe tournament mode or into bigger, bigger camps that we'll be able to get the chemistry down. Is there anyone in particular in camp this week that you've been particularly impressed by? Maybe someone you hadn't known so much about before? Um, I'd probably say Daryl DK. Um, you know, we we actually used to play against each other uh, in regionals uh, for it was region three regionals. And I remember we played each other and we were always like our our biggest enemies. Like he was <laughs> the big striker and I was the, I was the lanky center back. And we'd always get the best of each other. But it's been really you know, it's been really crazy seeing him grow from, you know, from when we were 15, 14 year old kids to you know the the striker that he is now bullying the championship. So it's been it's been really impressive seeing him in camp this week and just catching up. Nice. Now really exciting times for Daryl DK is uh he's gone to Barnsley on loan. Uh let's talk Hoffenheim. You went on yeah. loan there in January from Bayern Munich. You've been a regular starter. How would you describe your experience there so far? I'd say it's been a good experience. Um, you know I it hasn't gone perfectly, of course. Um, we've dropped some results that we shouldn't have, and I've made some mistakes. But I guess that that's just part of you know part of the game is playing through your mistakes. And um, you know the training staff seems like they uh, like they trust me, and the players do as well. So um, it's been really nice being able to play ninety minutes consistently um, for a Bundesliga club, uh, especially one as big as Hoffenheim. It's been a uh, it's been really good for my development. I think. What are the challenges of coming into a team mid-season like that and suddenly being thrust into the starting lineup? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's difficult because you don't want to step on any toes as soon as you get there. But then you get thrown into the starting lineup after three, four days of training and, and people start <laughs> people start to look around trying to figure out what, you know, what exactly I'm doing so well and why the coach decided to put me in. But I think it's just... Uh, definitely trying to figure out your place on the team because a lot of these guys have been here for a few years and you know they've played together and that part was hard at first and like I said just kind of getting thrown into the starting 11 after a few days of training um you know even though we have a lot of center back injuries people are still like oh you know maybe he doesn't deserve to be there yet and I think after the first game, I showed them that, you know, I'm, I'm here to play. And I think I want, after the first game, they really started to, to respect me and um, to see what I brought to the table. 
What do you try to do in your position that might be a little different, uh, you know, in, in a special way? I'd say probably my anticipation. Um, you know, as a, as a center back, you, you know, you're pretty much the last line till the goalkeeper, but also uh, playing a bunch of sports growing up, whether it was um, basketball, football. Um, no, I, I pretty much, I ran track as well. Just a lot of things that not necessarily, I wouldn't say that Europeans don't do like us Americans is kind of playing a bunch of different sports and playing all the sports has taught me a lot, whether it's, you know, how to position my body a certain way or just how to see the, the, the game from a different point of view. And, I think me playing all these different sports has really taught me um, how to anticipate the ball before, you know, say the center back's about to play the striker. It kind of, you know, I can kind of already see it about to happen. So I try to stop it before um, the play even develops. Let's take a quick break from our interview with Chris Richards. And I'll ask you a question. Do you ever want to watch Spain's La Liga and France's Ligue 1, currently the best title races in Europe, and get frustrated because they're not available on your cable or satellite system? You should try a streaming service I use that I love. It's called Fanatis with a Z, and you can watch all the action from La Liga, Ligue 1, and other international leagues and tournaments live and on demand from your favorite device, whether it's a mobile phone, a tablet, or directly on your TV with the Fanatis app. You can also watch top leagues from Austria, Turkey, Brazil, and Argentina. Fanatis features channels you know, like BN Sports in English and Spanish, the Women's Soccer Channel, ATA Football, Gold TV, and many more. And it costs as little as $7.99 a month. If you'd like to try Fanatis for yourself, you can get a free week-long trial by clicking on the link in the episode description or by going to fntz.co slash grant hyphen fz. One more time, that's fntz.co slash grant hyphen fz. Thank you very much to Fanatis for sponsoring this episode. Fanatis, the world's largest stadium. You're with Hoffenheim until the end of this season on loan. Where do you want to be at the start of next season? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, I want to be somewhere where I'm playing consistently, whether it's Hoffenheim, Bayern, or, you know, any other club. Um, my biggest thing is just playing, especially with a, a year coming up, like a World Cup year in 2022. I want to hopefully be in my best form going into the World Cup and not just um, not just a player who's getting sporadic minutes here and there. Is it fair to say your goal for the national team is to be in a position to to start at a World Cup? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, people, or I would say myself, I set my goals pretty high, and uh, or I, set, I have dreams and I have goals on my way to those dreams. And um, one of my dreams is to start at the 2022 World Cup. And, you know, I have goals that I want to, to do to get there. And hopefully everything works out and I can be at that level. Bayern Munich obviously won the Bundesliga and the Champions League last season. What was it like to be part of that group? I mean, it's, I guess when, when it's happening, you're not really realizing that you're making history. And then, you know, you win six titles and then you sit back at the end of the season and you're like, wow, like what more could we have done? And, you know, you look around the, the locker room, you see all these legends and, 
people are leaving and people are, are kind of just trying to figure out what they're doing with the next step of their career. And you're like, you know, I'm a 20 year old kid. And in my first season with Bayern, even though I wasn't the, the whole time with the first team, they won six titles. And so it's, um, it's really an amazing feeling and especially not a lot of kids from the U S are able to experience. And I was lucky enough to have been alongside that team uh, throughout the year. And it was just, well, something that you really can't trade for anything else. I mean, right now, I, I would think that Bayern, maybe along with Man City, is the favorite to win Champions League again. Bayern's ahead in the Bundesliga right now. What, what is it that that goes on at Bayern that they just seem to be a cut above? Like, like what have you noticed that it, it is just like it doesn't seem like they ever like lose a big game <laughs> maybe i'm wrong but what's going on there it's just the mentality um you know everybody when you're on the field they don't care if your best friends you know it's a cutthroat mentality and um you no know, it's it makes you better but also um they expect a lot out of you on the field and you know all the friendships and stuff they they leave it for off the field but once you step through the lines it's 100 percent business and you know, you, you kind of see red in everybody's eyes during training because they just want to they want to kill you if you have the ball. And that's something that I think Bayern has done really well throughout the past few years is that kind of that killer mentality, not just in games, but during training, because that's, you know, that's where the foundation starts. One player who's emerged at Bayern is Alfonso Davies, who just today was named a goodwill ambassador for the United Nations to speak for refugees, of which he was one earlier in his life. He has an incredible life story. How would you describe your relationship with him? And, and what you've come to know about him. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Fonzie. I'd say he's one of my, probably one of my best friends, um, especially at Bayern. He's definitely you know, one of my best friends. And, you know, he's, he's, um, he's achieved a lot throughout the, his career at Bayern. But if you were to meet him on the street and you had no idea about, about soccer, you wouldn't know that about him. I mean, he's just this really humble, really humble guy. Um, you know, like you said, he was a refugee. You wouldn't have known that if he hadn't, you know, if he didn't tell you about it. Um, because, you know, he just, it's like he's never having an off day. He's always happy, energetic. Um, he likes to talk a lot. Uh, but no, he's a, he's really a good guy. Nice. Just to wrap up here, this week, the U.S. men are hoping to qualify for this August Olympics. Uh, if that happens, I know clubs aren't required to release players for it, but would you be interested in potentially playing in the Olympics? Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I think the world doesn't necessarily have this big importance on the Olympics, but growing up in the States, that's definitely something that um, I guess our sports culture really values is going to the Olympics. And, you know, if we're able to qualify for these upcoming games in Tokyo, I think that not just me, but I think a lot of guys um, who qualify are really looking to, you know, possibly having that talk with our clubs and uh, seeing if we can get released for it, because I think it's a really big deal for us. Chris Richards and the U.S. men's national team meet Jamaica on Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2, Unimas and Tudene. Chris, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Chris Richards as well as producer Chris Whittingham. If you like the podcast, you could do me a huge favor and hit that subscribe button and provide a rating and a review. I'm back soon with another interview of someone from the soccer world. 
Be safe, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>